Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. I'm Neil McCready. Chris Landry with me here today as well. It's Friday, January the 22nd. Hope you've had a good week. Hope you're closing out a week. Hope you have a great weekend ahead of you. We're going to talk uh, some of the latest stuff. There's a lot going on with coaching and uh, coaching rumors. Tennessee makes an AD hire yesterday, hiring uh, Danny White, who was most recently at UCF. We'll get Chris's thoughts on what that might mean. I'm going to ask Chris about this Ryan Nielsen story, the Saints and LSU and all of the spin there. We're a little late for me getting started this morning because I had to chase a what turned out to be a r- really bad rumor about the Ole Miss staff. I just, it just, it's the one of the, I make a living off message boards, Chris. I make a living off, off running a spot. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not complaining. It, it is my family, but it, it wears you out anyway. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about those things and more first. How are you? You doing okay? Doing good. Uh, doing good as we're, um, the, the days keep going by faster and faster. I tell people all the time, this may be from the stretch from December through the end of the season, maybe the busiest because we still have, um, you know, football until, you know, we, we finish it off. Well, we got coaching searches. We got recruiting. We've got early draft news. We've got free agency right around. I mean, we, you know, it's just everything kind of converging into one. And it's just, it's, it's talk about juggling a lot of balls, which during the season it's focused on ball and, during the draft time, it's focusing on that. During recruiting time, but you know it's uh it's fun for a lot of fans, and that's why what keeps us busy over at Landry Football, keeping up with all of it, uh, transfer portal, you know everything. Is uh, <clears throat> Senior Bowl this week coming up? It's going to be next week, the 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 thirtieth. Okay. Um, so that is um, a week from well, it's always Saturday the game. So um, yes, so there's um, going to be some limitations. I am looking at maybe making an appearance, maybe middle of the week, a little bit, not sure, only because I've been to everyone since 1974. Um, and I just don't know that I want to. <laughs> but it's going to be all film work uh, for most everybody. There's not going to be many people there. And for me, I may just make a quick appearance because, as you know, it's not a bad drive from where I am. No, not at all. And uh, probably just one day. Uh, and just so that I say that I have been, and then of course we'll get into it in a couple of weeks or, you know, maybe next week as early as next week, how we're dealing with a 
in lieu of the combine type work, we're going to have to do that differently this year. So been to every one of those that's over 30 plus years. And it's, um, so yeah, it's, it's a different world and, uh, hopefully getting back to some normalcy, but, but it's affecting this time of year. Most I remind folks, all this stuff blew up with us right around March madness. So we got in the senior bowl. We got in the combine last year before everything just kind of blew up, you know, worldwide. Yep, no doubt about it. Coming up on the big anniversary, not, March 11th is when everything just sort of changed. Um, all right, let's start with. Uh, I want to get to the LSU thing in a minute because I'm that it, I've got a feeling that's a juicy story. But I, 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 we we've picked on Tennessee a lot the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> they made a pretty good hire with the AD that hiring Danny White yesterday. What do you think of that hire, and what do you think that means for the football coaching position? Because I was talking to someone pretty close to Tennessee last night who felt like this was a game-changer for them in terms of the direction that they would go. This would probably be the end of Kevin Steele's candidacy as a, as a head coach there that um, thought they would would conduct a legitimate search, bring somebody in, give them a long-term deal, and, and try to build something long-term. Yeah, based upon how Tennessee's done things, and we talked about it on Tuesday, like, oh, man, this is this is probably going to be a long athletic director search, and it just made it like, all right, well, Kevin may be the only option or realistic option right now and to, you know, take them through that. They clearly, maybe for the first time in ever, um, it is – a move that indicates that that the old way of doing it is not going to be the way that they're going to do it. So Danny is certainly a guy that obviously if he took this job, obviously this conversation had taken place for some time. Uh, this, this process has been in play. So to get it done this quickly says, whoa, they're doing something quick, expedient, and, and of the guys, and I am not as – I've never been an athletic director, so I don't, you know, evaluating athletic directors to me about how they deal with coaching hires and, you know, I mean, I, I'm not an expert on that, but in terms of the people that follow this and do this a lot and I talk with, this is a guy for a long time has been the up and coming group of five guy that you would look. So this is a really good hire in my mind. Now, the assumption is, and let's hope that this is the case, that he's going to be able to do and brought there to clean things up. I think this is a game changer. I, I think this is a game changer. And what does it mean for the head coaching position? It means he's going to bring in his guy. Okay. So yeah, Peyton Manning's been pushing Bill O'Brien, you know, for the past few days, Danny white will make this call. I mean, he will listen and take it. He will make this call. And based upon that, he's going to find his guy. So, and it, you know, when he was at University of Buffalo, he hired the basketball coach, Nate Oates, who's doing such a great job at Alabama. But Nate Oates was already there as an assistant. So he identified somebody that was on Hurley's staff and said, I'm going there. He also hired Lance Leopold, who he was familiar with at Wisconsin Whitewater. Really good hire. And then he did a really good job hiring Scott Frost. Um, so... You know, I think those things worked out. Scott hasn't been really successful at Nebraska. He's going to put his stamp on it and hire his guy. What does it mean? Does it mean that it's Lance Leopold or Jamie Chadwell or Bill Clark or Scott Satterfield? Or I don't know 
yet. I may get a few a little bit more, but it's going to be his guy, and I think it's going to be handled. And you know what? I will say that there's maybe a, a better chance than I thought that they could turn this around. When I mean not turn the program around, but turn around the coaching search a lot quicker than I ever thought they would. Because I thought this was going to be there. They're going to punt this to next year because it's going to be the best opportunity. He, that's is something that is a real sellable point. I think that they're going to have to commit, you know, a certain amount of money long range to make this like, hey, this is not going to be your five year. It's going to be a seven year deal, an eight year deal type of thing. And look, they can pay Philip Fulmer $37,500 per month for three years to retire they sure as hell can you know make a commitment i they, look they've they're spending more money on people that don't work there they'll they'll find the money to spend to do this right <clears throat> who do you think they hire what do, what do, what do you I, I don't know yet i don't know yet i mean i think you know certainly there'll be connections to a lance Leopold, a, 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 i mean i I don't know what he thinks about a jamie chadwell and i and a, a bill clark it's Maybe guys like that, guys that he feels, and it may not be those guys, but somebody like that, that he's targeted, that he likes, that he feels can build a culture there and do things. That That's that's what is missing. That's what's been missing. I don't know yet, um, but I'm thinking along those lines, just putting some initial connections without having a time to really – get a feel for where they're going. And we're, we're certainly here and on Landry football. And I know you will, we'll, we'll keep everybody up to date as things are start to start to happen. It's just ferreting out which BS. I mean, I hear, I can throw out 12 names. Uh, you throw them out, then people take them seriously. And then that's the problem you just mentioned message board and all that. And then all of a sudden it becomes, well, McCready said that it's, you know, we're, we're really McCready said, no, this probably wouldn't happen, you know, but there are a lot of people that are throwing out a whole lot of stuff that that w- has really no chance of happening. It's like the Lane Kiffin to Tennessee stuff yesterday. It's just it's obnoxious. It wears you out. It is exhausting, frankly. By, by the way, I got asked on radio yesterday, Tennessee radio, about that. That is a real thing that they are pushing and believing there. And I thought, you know, I said, gee whiz, I thought you guys hated Lane Kiffin. And, you know, because I'm not a Big, uh, I don't, I don't follow the message boards and stuff. And they said, "Oh, oh no, there's some people that hate Lane Kiffin, but there are just as many people, if not more, that love Lane Kiffin." So that's a, a real thing. People are still throwing out, "Oh, it has to be Hugh Freeze," and I'm like, "Okay, look, I'm not going to sit there and argue with. Yeah, I just let. Yeah, sure. It's, it, you know, the point is, is gonna be not a good look to bring in a guy that." that we went through this on Tuesday that you just ushered and had the press conference that you're firing a coach because of NCAA recruiting infractions. And you're going to hire a guy that's barely off. I just, but you you can't, you can't deal with, with that the, the nonsense. Some of these I people, don't. some of these people are my friends. They work in radio and I, I did radio and I get radio and I, I do. I understand radio. So three, three straight hours of radio every single day. And you gotta fill it. And it's 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 uh what am I looking for? What's the word? It it's an easy trap to fall into to just start doing things. Name. It's rate it's ratings, it's clicks for you know yeah. all that and but I'm gonna address this Kiffin thing. And if I'm wrong, if Lane Kiffin ends up being the head football coach at Tennessee sometime next week, I I'll I'll eat my crow. I don't 
crow's probably not very good for you. I guess I'll have to grill it. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know how you would eat the crow. But, I don't but know. We'll have. We'll have crow. Lane does this. This is what Lane Kiffin's done throughout his career. Lane Kiffin likes publicity. Lane Kiffin loves to troll. He's really, really good at it. I mean, there are a few people who are better at social media than Lane Kiffin is. And so well, he has a he, he, he let me end it. He is a troller, isn't he? That's the definition of a troller. Well, he's trolling Tennessee here. So the Tennessee job comes open out of the blue somewhat. And Tennessee fans do the whole, we want you back. And so what he does is he makes just enough phone calls. Uh, VFL. Don't rock it. <laughs> he makes just enough phone calls to get it out that, hey, oh, yeah. Kiffin reached out to some donors. Lane Kiffin reached out to some boosters. Rock Westfall says Tony Basilio. And I, I've done Tony's show many times. I like Tony. He's a good dude. He's covered Tennessee his whole life but he's too close to Tennessee. He says Basilio claims to ma- claims major donors told him Kiffin reached out about quote coming home. Possibly true. Do I think Lane Kiffin reached out to some donors and joked around? Yeah, maybe. Do I think he kind of let some stuff happen for some leverage? Sure. Do I think he likes attention? Yeah. But let's look at this logically for a minute. Lane Kiffin to Tennessee. And I realize that when it comes to coaching stuff, everything's not logical. And again, if I'm wrong, I'll eat the crow. I'll do it right here on camera, and Chris can hold me to it. Link, if it's been at Ole Miss for one season, he's already left a program after one season, Tennessee, and talked about how he regretted it. He went to USC, a program that got hit by sanctions, and talked about how that was sort of impossible to deal with. So now you're going to tell me that Lane Kiffin, who's just agreed to a new deal at, at Ole Miss, I don't think it's it's not signed yet. They're still ironing out things. You're going to tell me that Lane Kiffin's going to leave Ole Miss after one year to go to a program that is about to get hammered by the NCAA, has all these players in the transfer portal. He's going to go to a program that's about to get hammered. It's going to have to restart, frankly. It makes no sense. Now, am I one of these delusional people who covers Ole Miss, who thinks Lane Kiffin's going to be at Ole Miss for six, seven years? Nope, not me. In fact, if you put the over-under on me and said, Neil, 24 months from right now is the over-under. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss in 24 months. We'll look at 23 and a half to make it a, a, a betting line. I'd go under. If you put it at 11 and a half, Chris, I might go under. But if you put it at a half, I'm going over. I don't think Lane Kiffin leaves for Tennessee right now I don't now if you told me in one year Lane Kiffin leaves for UCLA I'd probably buy it if you told me in two years Lane Kiffin leaves for different programs I'd buy it people do this Lane Kiffin's going to be on the short list at Alabama when Nick Saban leaves no he's not no he's not I mean if you if you really dive in and kind of find out what all happened at Alabama there at the end when he was the offensive coordinator you know they're not going to revisit that they're not going back that direction. Would Lane Kiffin have been interested in the Texas job if it opened a year from now? I think so. Would he have gotten it? I don't know. They hired Steve Sarkeesian. People do this, though, with Kiffin to Tennessee. Lane Kiffin to Tennessee makes no sense on any level. Tennessee needs to bring in someone who's a stable, long-term guy. I think you'll agree with this, Chris, when I get through. Lane Kiffin's not that guy. 
Lane Kiffin doesn't stay places long terms. Lane Kiffin is he's a wanderer to a degree, and I don't mean that in a negative way. But I don't think Lane Kiffin to Tennessee makes sense. No, and, and it's and, and it's not going to happen with Danny White because that's not what Danny wants to do. So even if there's like people in that administration, which there's not, that wanted it to happen, and even all the fan base wants it to happen, that's not what Danny White's going to do. Danny White's going to have his guy because you know, like most, he's going to want to to get it done the way he did it, not bring not bring in somebody who was there before or do something that's already there or do so that that would be the old Tennessee way of doing it. Let's go back. Hey, how about Philip Former as the AD? Oh, he'll stabilize things and he'll make things good for Jeremy. And no, that's stupid. But that's people buy into that because, well, and let's go get in. And, and I'm going to tell you, didn't know this was going to happen. But I was fearful and said, all right, who's the guys that are candidates for athletic director? Oh, got to be somebody with Tennessee's ties and all on the board. There you go. There you go. Now you bring in somebody on the outside. Remember, John Curry was a guy on the outside that was a candidate. Phil Fulmer was a candidate for the AD job when John Curry got it. So the backstabbing started, well, on John Curry by Phillip then, the whole time. And then, you know, he got his way into that. So this is a fresh start. This is where they want to go, um, where Danny wants to go is where it is. Look, most coaches, when they hear their name brought up, believe it or not, they like it. And they don't deny it because then it it actually kind of makes their status. So they walk a little bit taller with a little bit more pep in their step because it makes everybody that they work for appreciate him a little bit more and all the fan bases in the, the modern day world where everybody can have a voice. It makes them appreciate him a little bit more. Cause you know what we might, you know, cause that it's funny how that is, right? I don't fire this guy farther. He's no good. Oh man. So-and-so wants him. Man, I hope we don't lose him. <laughs> it's like, that's the way the world is. So that's the way most coaches are. Lane is a guy that not only likes it, won't deny it. He will kindle the fire <laughs> To make, he will stir the pot, um, and I could see him absolutely trying to stir up that because he would be the type that would use that. So he'd go into said recruits, you know, home and says, "Yeah, you know, Tennessee, you're looking at yeah they they came after me. I I'm at a better place that you know wherever that place is, and currently right now it's at Ole Miss. No, I that's that's um, look, I I don't. Uh, the very rarely, I hate to put it, but I don't know that the media there and and I know people there, Jimmy Hines, all the none of them have ever been right on any of this Tennessee stuff. They were stuck in the, <clears throat> you know, the whole Jeff Brom got offered the job, he's coming. Mike Gundy's coming. Uh, well, John Gruden, we're still waiting on the plane. I mean, it's just all that stuff. They. Look, you're right. You, you, the cannot problem, the fan, problem, you cannot be a fan and cover a team at the same time. It, and, 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 and not only from an objectivity standpoint, but it's like the people that I know we're going to get another topic. But when they don't, if you're sitting there and you're trying to get a coach, I don't know, from another school across the country. Well, you might know some people at your school, but you don't know what's going on to the other school. And that's why a lot of these 
these things that are broken are broken by national folks that can pick because you know this, Neil. You gotta you do this all the time. We talk. You know, you might hear from three sources on one school side that this guy is leaving for the job. Um, you better check at that other place to make sure that UCLA is gonna hire him. Yeah. Or that it's really true. Cause no, it's not. And then, you know, it, you can have eight sources on one side because all people do is just repeat what they hear. And it's not different sources. It's one rumor that makes its way around. And it's so inaccurate. I know we've got. Uh, so, look, I, I don't know where they can go um, specifically, but I think it's going to be that type of a guy that is his guy. It's going to be his new version of a Scott Frost. I'm not going to be Scott Frost. It's going to be. You know, went out and hired Josh Heupel. Josh has done not Scott Frost type level work, but pretty good. It's going to be his guy. I mean, there's a guy that's been thrown out that is probably a candidate for Danny. I don't think he'd be the best fit, but one guy that's come up, and it would be typical Danny that I'm going to create this guy and show everybody, and that's Tony Elliott at Clemson. Great guy. I heard Tony Elliott a lot last night. But. Here's the problem with it. This is a big-time cleanup, and it is, I would sure, Danny, uh, that Tony would love the job. However, this is almost unfair to take a first-time head coach and put him in this situation. So I think it's important to have head coaching experience to fix this, and I don't think it's the best move. But it's it is some it is something that Danny would do, but I also think there's some guys that are in the same type of you know a plateau of coaches that have got head coaching experience that I think he'll do that. And a lot of it's just going to be for people say, oh, it's this guy, it's this guy. It's either people that he's comfortable with already, or people that he will become very comfortable with that you just never know. You, you never know how the interviews go. And real quickly, because I don't want to divulge, but just as a perfect example, I tweeted this out yesterday. So the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni yesterday. It was a it was a surprise. The Philadelphia Eagles. And yeah. I'll say this: perfect example of you never know. So they were looking down a different path. The Powers that be, Jeffrey Lurie's got a big, you know, plantation type place in Florida. Nick Chiriani's on a little bit of a vacation with his family. They put a request in to visit with him. We ends up being like an hour away. He drives over in what was a, I'll go ahead and speak with them. Honey, you mind take the kids to the beach today? I'm going to go do this. The Eagles, I think, trying to get some ideas trying to get some feel because obviously Frank Wright had been the court, the offense, the, the quarterback coach at Philadelphia and wanted to get some feel for a few things, blow him away in an interview. And he's the new head coach. Now, some people say, Oh, it shouldn't be that. Be that is it. My point is, is you never know what could happen. So it could be somebody that is not on his initial five, but he meets with them and he says, boom, I, this is it. Th this is my guy. And so that's why sometimes when you say things come out of the blue, they often do. And that's why I tell every candidate, interview as often as you can. And I tell every university or team, interview as many people because you never know what you might find. Ideas, but also you might find your next guy that you never dream. I could, we could do an hour show on guys that went for a courtesy interview 
and end up getting the head job with 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 no real chance of getting it, yet they got it. So I think that's where Tennessee is going to go. I am really happy for them because this was an awful week that was looking like it was going to be bad and dragged out. They had a plan, boy. They had a plan. They had a plan, and we're going to see how it works. But don't don't question it. They had a plan because, man, trust me, they didn't just out of the blue get on the phone with Danny White and get that deal done in 24 hours. They had vetted it, and, boy, they, they cemented the deal. Good job. Now you got to feel confident if you're a Tennessee fan that, you know what, maybe they can figure this out. And they can sell the fact that, yeah, we're going to have NCAA problems, but you're going to have security if you come here. And that's not something anybody's had there. I want to get to a number of things because there's a lot of stuff that's, in, that's even in the chat that I want to touch on. Real quick, there's a lot of conversation today in NFL circles about Eric Bieniemy and why Eric Bieniemy hasn't gotten a head football coaching job in the NFL. He's obviously done a very good job as the offensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid. You're connected to NFL people. Is Bieniemy's situation that he just does not interview well? I've actually been a part of one interview where Eric's interviewed for a head position. I was asked to kind of sit in on it, didn't ask any questions, and I thought he did a good job. In that interview, I can't vouch for others. No one is going to say this guy bombed. Well, sometimes they'll say they'll say stuff that will let you believe that the interview didn't go. Well. I haven't really heard that. Uh, it's possible. Here, here's a couple of things. One, that is a part of it. It's not the biggest part. But folks, it's when you're in a head coaching cycle, the longer you're playing, the harder it is to get a job. I, I believe that Brian Dayball who's also coaching this weekend as the offense coordinator of the Bills. It's going to stay with the Bills. I believe he was likely going to get the Charger shot. I think the fact that Brandon Staley was also good and has tied to Tom Telesco, which Brian Dayball does as well, the general manager of the Chargers, I think the fact that it was close, and I think it's not that you don't want to wait. It's when you have to wait to finish a deal. If you got multiple guys that you like, and you're good with, and, and everybody thinks that this is the one. The reality is there's there's usually a couple of guys that you can go either way with. You really like them both. Yeah. And then you're a little bit fearful to turn one guy down to wait to get into more detailed talks with the other guy. And if the other guy, A, you lose leverage, B, the other guy just decides to stay. Then you're off to another list that's not as good with. So that's a part of it, Eric. Went all the way to the Super Bowl. Right now, the conference championship, it hurts the chances. Because remember, Zoom interviews are one thing. Looking somebody face-to-face, having that is a big part of it. You don't have that. He can't have that. It's, you know, all these guys that are getting, they have face-to-face interviews after the Zoom. But Eric can't do that. I think that hurts him, and it's hurt him the past couple of years. Uh, maybe he hasn't interviewed that well. I don't, I can't say that. I haven't heard that. Let me just say this, because this is the elephant in the room. And I think it's absolutely fair. And I think it's absolutely accurate. Owners, when they interview in the NFL, interview a guy for a head coach. The head coach, not the GM, is the face of the organization. The head coach is the one talking and representing that organization. Rarely do you see your owner talk. Uh, I know you see Jerry Jones all the time. I get it. Rarely do you see a general manager talk. 
Jerry makes himself the GM, so he talks. Everybody else, you don't see that. The head coach, you do. And I'm just going to say it, that owners, when they hire a head coach, yeah, they want to know all the stuff. Tell me about all the football and the offense and the defense are going to run staff and all that. But they also want to be comfortable with this guy is going to rep is going to be the CEO of my company, even though he's not the technical CEO of the team. That's somebody that people don't see. the The out front CEO is my head coach, and and they like guys that look like them, talk like them, sound like them. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think when you're dealing with a lot of Older white owners, they're a little bit more comfortable. Look, Arthur Blank just hired a black general manager who I know, Terry Fontenot, played safety at Tulane. Great. Terry, you you know, yeah, just good guy. I think he'll do a nice job. But he hired Arthur Smith as the head coach. Why not Eric Bieniemy? Well, maybe what I said, you don't get a chance to know him as well because you don't get to stand. And then maybe you're just a little bit more comfortable with hot somebody. Look, I'm going to tell you. And he was an awful head coach. Charlie Weiss had lap band surgery. Mark Mangino, Ralph Frigian could not get jobs in major places because of the way they looked. They looked obese. And it was it it people, oh my God, that's politically incorrect. The owners will skirt around it and say that's not who I want representing. You know, I mean, I I, I yeah, I just this is the way I love Steve. I had a guy real quick. I'll let you go. Well, you go know, to, your, to your point, Chris Christie, his political career post being the governor of New Jersey really was curtailed by his weight. That's just it's a common thing. No, no, no. I mean, it just, it, there's no question. Um, so look, I, I mean, I, I can't tell you what percentages, what are the different things, but it's a part of it. I think Eric's really good. Now, you know, it's, People will throw out, well, how much does he really do? He's working for Andy Reid. Well, certainly the same thing with Nick Sirianni and, and Frank Wright. I, I think Eric will be good. I think he's a good leader. Somebody's going to have to believe in it. Let me just tell you this. <clears throat> the guy that had the most trouble with interviews was Tony Dungy. When he interviewed, very meek. You see him on TV. He's not. He's the opposite of the hot take guy. He's very meek and mild. Well, most people thought, hey, this guy can't lead a team. This guy's too meek. Well, he led in a different way, and it took him God knows how many interviews. He also was black. Let's just call it what it is, and it, and it certainly hurt him. There's there's an absolutely an indication. So, um, all right, got I'm gonna switch gears. Yeah, Grind's got a question here. We're gonna use this because we wanted to talk about this, and I know you are connected on both sides of this, and I want to know what the deal is. His question is, what is LSU doing at defensive coordinator? Ed O seems to be fumbling this, which leads into the question about Ryan Nielsen and what happened there between the Saints and LSU. I know you are uh, very connected to this. Fill us in. Real quick, they offered the job to Marcus Freeman, Cincinnati defense coordinator, who took the job at Notre Dame. They, I mean, I've known Marcus and Look, I think LSU is dealing with a high sense of gullibility. I mean, maybe there's another word, uh, but that's the best one, nicest one I can say. That, you know, Marcus wanted the Notre Dame job. Yeah, he's from the Midwest. His wife wanted – but he also looked at the LSU job as a little bit unstable. Coordinators have gone there, three of them, that has been one and done, and, you know, there's stability at Notre Dame. That combination, he was going to Notre Dame. 
but LSU has got something that they offer a lot, and that's money. So the money went up. Notre Dame got close to it. Notre Dame didn't match it, but instead of like one five, he gets like two, two, one, two, two. You know, so you get it. So he got he got the money and he got the job he wanted at Notre Dame. So LSU, Ed Ogeron has been targeting Ryan Nielsen, a defensive lineman that he coached at USC back in the early 2000s under Pete Carroll. Ryan's a really good young coach. Got his first GA job at Idaho back in the day. Worked his way around. Did a really good job at North Carolina State. You remember the Bradley Chubbs and the guys that have come through there at NC State? He's had a lot to do with that. Really good coach. So he gets hired. The Saints have a defensive line opening a few years ago. They hired Ryan, and there were some really good NFL head coaches, uh, NFL, excuse me, D-line coaches that they were pursuing. They decided to give Ryan a chance with the idea that, look, we're not – you're a really good coach. You're a really good teacher. If you want to be in the NFL, we're going to groom you here to be in the NFL because it's different coaching in the NFL. Well, they put in his contract that – he couldn't leave for a college job, including a coordinator job, um, not not a head job, but but a coordinator job, unless he got permission from the Saints. Saints trying to protect themselves. It's what you always do. It's typical in the NFL contract. So anyway, Ed thinks he's got Ryan because he's had a good relationship with Ryan. Um, but he had that clause in that contract. Apparently, it took LSU and Ed to figure out pretty late that that contract was going to be an issue, which it could have been ferreted out rather quickly. Saints got eliminated last week. Um, Ed, not only, I mean, from his mouth on radio, publicly, you know, not without using the name saying, yeah, we got our guy. We're waiting for him to finish the playoff. I mean, he's just, and yeah, it falls apart. Well, the reality is there's a whole lot of negativity about from the LSU media, the kind of, you said the fanboy media saying, well, Saints blocked him, Sean Payton. Folks, let me explain something to you. It's not the job of an NFL team or an NFL coach to train staffs for you, okay? Why is he still in New Orleans? Because he's a damn good coach, and Sean Payton didn't want to lose him. They tore up his contract, gave him a new one, a three-year deal, and made him assistant head coach. The Saints just lost Dan Campbell to be the head coach of the Lions. Aaron Glenn, the former corner from A&M back in the day, Secondary coach of the Saints, going to the Lions to be defensive coordinator. Um, Joe Brady's left. The, the, the Saints, Sean Payton, have promoted and helped a bunch of guys. Uh, Dennis Allen interviewed this week with the Eagles before the job went to Sirianni. The point is, is no, you have to protect your staff to a point. And, you know, you certainly don't want to hurt their chances. But the reality is, is the whole thought, well, Ryan wanted, yeah, I think probably Ryan had an interest in being the defensive coordinator. I think he has more of an interest probably in going through the NFL side. And I also think he understands that stability-wise, his future is a lot better with Sean Payton because Sean Payton's respect in football is a lot different than, say, what an Ed Orgeron is. And so there is this, you know, obviously the narrative is, oh, Marcus Freeman said he was coming and his wife said no. Blame it on the wife. And then, oh, you know, so my point is, is to, to your point, which you started off with, so much lack of professionalism of, you know, in the media of understanding. Well, they don't know what's going on. They have no idea how 
college and NFL coaching contracts work. And they certainly, these people that have sources, haven't talked to Ryan or Sean or Mickey Loomis. The other thing is there's a protocol, even from college to the NFL and NFL to college. You're not legally required, but morally in the coaching profession, you pick up the phone and you say, Mickey Loomis, I know Sean's busy coaching. We'd like to talk to Ryan Nielsen about Ed Orgeron never did that. Ed just talked to Ryan because he knows Ryan. That's fine, but you have to go through that. It's just common sense and common courtesy. He didn't do that, and I think it it irked him. Look, Ed, look what he did with the offensive coordinator, and I'll, I'll give it to you here. Ed is in a panic. He couldn't hire an offensive guy. He literally picks up the phone and calls Joe Brady. Who can run your offense? And he literally just brings, well, George Munoz was there under Joe Brady. (laughs) So my point is, is like, look, Ed has got to do a better job of vetting coaches and going through the process. He, for a guy that's a good recruiter with players, he's having a hard time. And I think just the impression, the overall view of the program with Ed and his, you know, how he kind of treated Dave Aranda when Dave Aranda went out the door. And all he did was just do his part to help them win a national title. That's a bad look. And then, so I think there's a little bit of a bad reputation with Ed, but it's also a lack of professionalism. They haven't done their due diligence. And the, but Saints did nothing wrong. Well, you're telling me that it's the obligation of the Saints to say, look, we like this guy. He might even be a future head coach. We think he might be our future defensive coordinator. But you know what? We're going to give him to LSU. If he had held him to that contract, and and that, well, then that's a problem. They gave him a three-year deal, and he's the assistant head coach, and he's going to coordinate the run defense. I mean, come on. I mean, what we, are, are, you're supposed to do it? I mean, you're supposed to say, got this guy. I really want him. but you have them because we'd like to really appease the fan base there. What the hell kind of logic is that? How stupid is that? That's what I figured. What you just described is what I figured happened. All right, so uh, Ben Leslie says big-time coordinators probably know Ed's on thin ice. I yes. Do, I do think Ed goes in the next season. I don't know if the seat's a hot seat. But the seat's warmer than, it, than, it, than it's been in a while. Who is he going to end up with as his coordinator? I don't know. Here's the thing. It's going to be obviously someone that doesn't have a better option. And to Ben's point, yeah, they're worried. They're worried about Ed's future, but they're also worried about their future. Now, the only thing you can get out of LSU is maybe a three-year deal and a lot of money, which saves you. But now if you've got a reputation and you're really good and you're going to go somewhere, I mean, tell me how that's worked out for some of those other guys that have come in there um, and have been one and done. So, I, I, you know, if you don't have that option, well, then, okay, it's a good job. And you could get a good coordinator that way. But if you've got other options, if you're Marcus Freeman, no. No, you don't. You don't do that because uh, you got another option. If Notre Dame's not running after you, yeah, maybe you do it. I, You know, but that's the issue. Um, we circle back to Arnett. I, you know, I'm he's he's in the mix. I don't I don't think he's even one of their top five. But he may he may be crawling up the list, start crashing off the list. I I think they'll circle back. Um, 
somebody mentioned, should USJ, UGA be looking for new hires? They'll bring their passing. You know, to, well, let me just mention this. That's a different question. But there's a little bit of um, little bit of intrigue on the defensive staff at Georgia with obviously their defensive coordinator being a target of LSU. I don't think he'll go for the same reasons we mentioned. But remember, when you're the defense coordinator at Georgia under Kirby Smart, you may want to go for more responsibility. But the reality is, uh, who was it, Ben, said, you're right. It is looked at as a, you, you might hit big. Joe Brady hit big. And Joe Brady was not trying to take anything away from Ed here. Joe Brady was a Steve Insminger fine. And by the way, that was as a result of the Saints, which they normally do whenever LSU came in, brought a lot of their staff to clinic LSU's offense. I mean, right down the road, there's usually, and there, there has been a good relationship, but everyone says the, it's the bad relationship. It's a bad relationship. It's more an LSU because there's nothing that Sean Payton and the Saints did wrong. Uh, LSU was unprepared and let me just end it with this. If Ryan Nielsen wanted to be at LSU, he'd be there because it wouldn't have gotten to a lawsuit. And if he was completely unhappy with being in new Orleans, um, he wouldn't be there. They want him there. When a guy usually leaves like that, it's usually because the the place kind of wants him to leave or, you know, meaning they want to go in a different direction. And that happens an awful lot. When you sometimes you see a guy and you say, why would so-and-so leave there for that? Nine times out of 10, it's because he's leaving there because there they'd like to make a move. And out of respect and courtesy and friendship in the coaching profession, it's easier to job to easier to get a job when you have one. So we're going to try to see about you know if he can go somewhere else. And even if it makes us look bad that somebody's leaving X Y Z school to A B C school, the reality is it's kind of done for that reason. Saban's done that all the time. A lot of people do. So anyway, yes. Breaking uh, breaking news in the sports world today. Not football. Not SEC football. But uh, the great Hank Aaron, who. Uh, oh. Past uh, Babe Ruth's home run record, uh, died today at the oh. age of 86. Hank Aaron uh, from Mobile. Um, yes. Hank, I met Hank Aaron a couple of times when I was at the Mobile Register, um, doing different things, and uh, he was he was quite the gentleman. That's been confirmed by multiple sources. Now, Hank Aaron, Hank Aaron gone uh, today at the age of uh, 86. 86. Wow. To a great man. We lost Don Sutton. Yeah. And, and Hank Aaron, you know, Hank was a Cleveland Brown fan and we're sitting there my first year with the Browns training camp. I don't know, maybe third, fourth practice of the first week. Hank Aaron is that practice. I'm like, <laughs> Hank, I mean, they're thinking, what the heck? And I don't, I don't know what he was doing in town or whatever, but, uh, just was a grew up a Browns fan. Browns were very, very popular, you know, back in that day. Um, oh, God rest his soul. What a, what a guy. Still, uh, what a great, uh, what a great man went through an awful lot when he was chasing that record. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, it's, it's wow, funny. Wow, 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 wow. It's funny. Um, <sighs> in this, in this field, you, you meet so many people in sports that you get sort of numb to it. Like, I, I very rarely am intimidated by someone in sports, you know, I mean, and yet I remember, uh, 
knowing I was about to have a few minutes to to speak with with Hank Aaron and kind of getting nervous, you know, <laughs> like, oh wow, this is and you, you, you know, and you, you do this long enough, you realize, man, these are just people. They're just like you. They're 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 they just happen to be great athletes or whatever. But but um he was he was one that he and uh Dan Marino were two guys that kind of got my heart rate up a little bit because when I was a kid, wow. you know, I loved watching Marino play and then I'm about to meet him. He was at a he was working for some sort of a pageant or something and and he was in mobile at the time and so they it had been set up and anyway rest in peace to uh to Hank Aaron I don't I don't know the the cause of death I can pull up a story real quick um mm. wow he was born in mobile february the 5th 1934 one of uh eight children I don't I don't know there it's it's breaking I don't I don't know what the cause of yeah. of, of death was. Um all right uh let's see I need to uh a couple of other uh so uh, uh, let me bring this up I'm 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 curious to your thoughts and I know it's it's SEC football and beyond folks. Uh you know so we go beyond it sometimes. Something I wanted to mention and I'm curious to see cuz as uh, even though I grew up in the South and what have you, my background in football and in, in the college and NFL, I love college football nationally. And I am not like most people that like love it when another conference is bad. And, you know, this, I, I want everybody to be good. So Larry Scott's going to step down as the, the PAC 12 uh, commissioner. Right. Uh, curious to see where they go and their number. I mean, that that's the job that could go like, all across the board. I mean, it could be like a Bob Iger that, you know, maybe is a, you know, television mogul and Disney and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's been some interesting names. One of them being Greg Sankey, the athletic director at Alabama. Don't know whether he'd be interested or not, but for people who don't know, Greg, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, 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 I mean, what, what, what did I say? Uh, Greg Sankey, you meant Greg Byrne, Greg Byrne. I'm sorry. I said, Greg Sankey, the, the SEC commission. Greg okay. Byrne. I'm so sorry. Uh, right. Greg Sankey's not leaving the SEC to, to go to the Pac-12. Sorry, sorry. Greg Byrne. Greg Byrne, the athletic director at Alabama, um, was at Arizona, spent a little time as an assistant at Oregon, knows the league well. Don't, don't know. It's a uh, don't know personally what he wants to do, whatever. I mean, he's in a great situation. Um, you know, but but again, it's a completely different job. So what do you what do you want? Uh it's it's not like comparing you know um coaching jobs to another coach i mean it's just different i'm just curious i'm just curious to see um but the pac-12 is really hurting in a lot of different ways and for the good of college football i hope they get it right there's a lot to be made and benefited from and with good leadership i think you know uh i think it's imperative so i'm curious um We'll see where it goes. Um, All right, I'm going to get your thoughts on the NFL playoff games in a second. First, I want to tell you that we're also brought to you by Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. Alpha is your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it. Alpha is the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail, the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment dump and gooseneck trailer being built today. Fully primed and powder-coated load trail trailers come with an industry-leading three-year warranty and two years of roadside assistance. Alpha Specialties also has Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market today. Perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows. 
ATVs to deer camps, hauling race cars, and more. Alpha can even work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just to your specifications. For podcast listeners, Alpha has spare tires and wheels starting at just $100, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories. And uh, listeners can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's full-service shop. They can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. Give them a call at 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about Alpha on the MPW Digital Network of Podcast. And we're brought to you by our friends at Blue Sky. Uh, don't forget, Blue Sky's got 48 locations all across the southeast. So when you're driving, need to make a stop, need to uh, go someplace where the restrooms are going to be clean, uh, they're going to have uh, the freshest food selections, they're going to be able to take great care of you, they're going to care about customer service, it's going to be a, um, a pleasant stop as you get back on the road. Look for Blue Sky, look for uh, one of their 48 locations across the southeast. Um, go ahead. Uh, real quick, so people don't, um, maybe some of our AM fans uh, may remember Tim DeRuder, defensive coordinator there. Uh, he is going to be the new defensive coordinator at Oregon. Um, they've been searching for a while. And something that's happened that's getting all sorts of negative press, and it's just kind of typical how it goes. But uh, Mike Stoops, who's an analyst, one of the many analysts on Alabama staff, is joining Sark staff at Texas, not as defense coordinator. They made a great defense coordinator hire, by the way, Pete Kawakoski out of Washington. But Mike Stoops is going to be the linebacker coach there. Um, yet, you know, the the Texas fans are apoplectic because, you know, they remember Mike Stoops and the collapse as defensive coordinator and somehow are thinking that that makes him a bad hire as linebacker coach. But those are two things that if you're not aware of, um, has happened. Yeah, didn't know that. There's a lot going on. I mean, you got yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. You got a lot of irons in the fire. Okay, it's it's championship weekend. Got about 10, 11, 12 minutes left. I do want to talk about these games. I teased this on Tuesday, so I'm gonna I'm gonna reset it. I always love to get visits from the football gods. Sometimes they drop it here into the Clark Ford studios and they say, Hey Neil, and they give me a little hint on what's coming. So if the football gods dropped into your office there in Baton Rouge and said, hey, Chris, there's going to be an upset Sunday. Not going to tell you who, but there's going to be an upset Sunday. Either Tampa's going to beat Green Bay or Buffalo's going to win at Kansas City. Not going to tell you which one, Chris. You're going to have to get it right or else. Mm-hmm. We are the football gods. What would you, uh, what would you guess? Who, who pulls off the upset? Buffalo. Um, I think Buffalo's a, a better team than Tampa. I, I know most people would think Brady and the Bucks are hot, and I think most people—I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm saying this. I think most people would. Um, I don't keep track of it, but just on on just conversations this week that I've had interviews, it seems like a lot of people think that Brady and the Bucks are going to win because it's Brady, and and so I, I, I'm guessing that most people would think that. Um, that uh, it would be the Bucks as the upset winner. For me, it would probably be Buffalo, and it's just because they're they're a better team than Tampa. They're more capable of playing well and winning. Now, it, it, in any game, anything can happen. I certainly think the Bucks can beat Green Bay. I, I think the Chiefs are going to beat Buffalo, but of the two, 
it would be more likely Buffalo. Uh, I am a little bit chalky here in that I think it's going to be Green Bay, Kansas City. But, um, you know, the, the reason I would say it is I think that Tampa last week studying them on tape and watching the game, the Saints made a lot of mistakes. They benefited from that. Uh, I, I think you can run the football on Green Bay. Can can the Will Bruce Arians be patient enough to run the football enough? I think if this is a shootout, as much as Brady is the greatest of all time, and he is, if it's a shootout game, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers right now, you know, in the Packers. So I, I just think that the Packers have more ways in which to beat the Bucs than the Bucs have to beat them. Uh, that's my thoughts. It's certainly not that big of an upset, even though it's a five seed. I don't think Tampa is looking like a five seed. I think Buffalo is really good, and I think they can play with Kansas City. I think if Kansas City plays their best, they're going to win the game. Kansas City's not been as consistent. Um, and certainly at times have not started out well and certainly haven't been as good at finishing games. Um, they can run it, but they run it out of spread sets, and they're not patient with the run. Um, and they just put the ball in the hands of Mahomes and just go make a play, and they've just got tons of weapons. they got more weapons than Buffalo, more ways in which to beat Buffalo, but Buffalo can take advantage of it. And if it were Kansas City, I would not want to play this game like you've played some of the game um, in which were one possession games that you were able to pull out. Buffalo's been a little bit vulnerable defensively in the secondary, but they're very talented. They're, they're capable of not shutting down or even slowing down a great deal, Kansas City, but they're capable of getting a couple of stops. I think Josh Allen's been outstanding. Yes. I think they've made enough chunk plays. Um, so in a, in a week where I would probably be picking Green Bay and Kansas City to answer your question, those are the reasons why I would probably favor Buffalo just simply because of the underdogs of the two. I think they're the better team. They're more capable of if all four teams play close to their capabilities, I think Buffalo is more capable of getting more done. So let's talk capabilities. I'm a little – I'm a huge Mahomes guy. God, he's great. I mean, I, I watch him, and every single week I think, how did the Bears work him out and pass on him for Trubisky? Regardless, he's a terrific player, but he very clearly was injured Sunday. Um, he's going to play. I know that. Your anticipation, how close to 100% healthy do you anticipate Patrick Mahomes being? And given – what happened a week ago? Does that have to? Does that change anything about the way that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy put together a game plan? No, no, because um, he's going to clear concussion protocol. And as you know, these things—the the, the only thing you have problems with—and and this is not the case with them—is when you when it's really bad and you're having like the really bad headaches and you can't sleep. Yeah, and you know maybe you're like you know um, dizziness and stuff. Well, then that would be an effect. There are no signs or no indications that that's the case. That would certainly affect him. If that was the case, probably couldn't play him. Uh, he's going to play, and the effects of that, it's, it's not like another injury, as you know. That th Those things cumulatively have a long-term effect. It doesn't have a short-term effect. You know what I mean? It, 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 I mean? it does if it's bad, and again, you got to be in a dark room. But if you get through that, it's not like, 
you can go out and play. I mean, you can go out and play, and 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 I I don't think any negative effect is going to be of it. Um, so uh, I I think that they're going to be typical Kansas City, and I think they're going to put it in his hands, and I think they're going to be explosive, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I really do. If Tampa were to beat Green Bay, how do they go about doing it? I mean, obviously they've they they've played pretty well defensively as of late. They've gotten a little healthier as the season's gone on. Uh, Tom Brady's the quarterback. No one's counting out Tom Brady in a postseason game until the game's over. Uh, how, how does how does how does Tampa Bay pull it off if they do? Got to have some success and commitment to the run game because I think it really sets things up for their ability to make plays. They've got a lot of weapons to the Buccaneers. And they, they tend to want to be aggressive with it. And again, I think they need to be careful not to bite into the, we're going to go and try to match point for point with Green Bay. I think they're going to want to work the clock a little more. Is that something Bruce Arians is going to want to do? He just tends to want to get it downfield as much as possible. I think you got to be a little bit more patient than the Bucks tend to be um, with downfield shots and play action shots. And that's the key to me. And I thought they had some success running it last week. I think um, if they do that, I think uh, I think they've got a real shot. That's their best shot. Um, let's, let's say that we, we look, looking ahead a little bit, I always like to talk about legacies and that type thing. Who benefits them? Who, who can change his legacy the most over the course of this weekend in those two games? Does Aaron Rodgers need another Super Bowl? Um, I, 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 I need, but I think Aaron would be the one. Um, I mean, Mahomes is one-one. Winning a second one would be, you know, puts him in a different category. But then Josh Allen, if he won this one and won a Super Bowl, boy, that would be, you know, I mean, he's now won his first. He's, you know, kind of would be kind of right there with Mahomes in terms of status, in terms of accomplishment. So that's right. Aaron Rodgers, for all his greatness, you know, this team is better because they run the football better, and that allows their defense to be more functional. <clears throat> and, you know, all those great teams that Aaron has kind of carried, they just you can't do it all himself. I would say maybe Aaron, and and um, I'd say Aaron, because, you know, I don't know how many more chances. He's still young, but I would say Aaron Rodgers is one. I mean, Brady's the one that, that needs to do it the least, but can you imagine if he does it and he wins a title and he goes, goes, by the way, a reminder, only 22,000 people are going to be in the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl this year is in Tampa. Okay. Yep. So can you imagine if he beats Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau and brings this team back to Tampa and <laughs> The legacy is the, is the one that least needs the legacy. But you're talking about taking a legacy that is a standalone and put it in an area where this guy's unbelievable. Because now what it's done, it said, oh, yeah, okay. Look at, you know, it's going to be, hey, he was more of the factor than Belichick. You know, that's what the narrative is going to be, whether – People are, you know, it always, it takes a village. It takes an entire team, but his status would go. It's already through the roof. It would go somewhere else. I don't know what's better than through the roof. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that there's anything more he can add to his, 
to his uh, resume, but winning a title in Tampa in his first year with the Bucks without Belichick would be. I mean, you talk about something now. He's already the goat. I guess he'd be a goat with just another horn or something. Yeah, no, it would be a goat with a maybe a (laughs) uh, with a stick in the tongue at you. You know, Patriots didn't make the playoffs. We went all the way. Oh, you would never get him to say that, but you know, deep down, it's that's that 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 is absolutely from an ego standpoint. He just loved that. Uh, West Rock Westfall here as we get close to the end. He says, uh, Chris, your thoughts on the late Ted Thompson? Was he too reliant upon Rodgers at the expense of complimentary football? Uh, well, first of all, uh, yeah, it was tough. Ted was way too young, 68, um, passed away yesterday. Um, known Ted, Ted was a really good linebacker at North Carolina state and played for the Oilers. He was a, every time we'd be on scouting trips together, he'd always, I, I, I'm former, you know, he's always talk about, you know, Oiler stuff, you know, cause he was, he was a Houston Oiler. Yeah. And he got his career learned under Ron Wolf and uh with Green Bay and actually spent some time in Seattle and then came back to Green Bay to, to run the GM. Um well no, I mean, look, the the biggest thing that they did and and, and I mean he won a look that he was responsible large part of the one Super Bowl that they won under him. Now he was part of one with Ron Wolf, but they won one. He built a good roster. I think what happened was as they started to pay a lot of money to Rodgers, and this is what happens in this league, is you don't get to allocate as much money to the other positions. And I think that McCarthy and, you know, kind of maybe play, if anybody placated Aaron a little bit too much was maybe McCarthy. But Mike was, look, Mike was the one that drafted Aaron Rodgers when they had Brett Favre. And so, no, I think, I think, I think Ted did a good job, really unique, Neil, very, very quiet. You didn't really, um, never married a lot like me. So we, we kind of, he lived in a hotel in green Bay, never bought a home. All he did was work. So we had, we had a lot of like, he was maybe, well, some maybe people think I'm quirky, but he was really quirky. Um, just a really unique guy. So, um, you know, other than maybe occasional round of golf, he did nothing but work in football. And, you know, when he retired from being a GM, um, I said, well, what, what do you want to do? He said, you know, you know what I'd really like to do? Oh, yeah, what? You know, thinking, you know, I'm all sorts of things. I think I'd like to go back on the road as a scout. I just love checking into a Marriott, trying to go to a school, look at a player. It's all he really liked. It's all he was really about. And, in some ways, I kind of can relate to some of that. So sad that, you know, at 68, gone too long, uh, I, I've gone too soon. So, yeah, feel feel really bad about that. It's a tough day yesterday. We will uh, we'll leave it there. Chris, thanks for the time, as always. Thanks to everyone in the in, in the stream. Um, Blake, Absolutely. Right. Big Space Orange, and lots of you guys uh, today over the course of, of the hour. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll uh, we'll recap the NFC Championship, the AFC Championship. We'll talk about the latest in coaching, given the way things have been going. It's 
There'll be plenty of drama. We didn't even get to SEC basketball today, so we'll do a reset on that. On, on no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna next week put it on the calendar. I need to talk to you about Kentucky basketball and how bad that really is. And I know but, keep keep it to keep it on Rebel Grove with all the ladies' information. Keep it at LandryFootball.com. Detailed film room breakdowns, previews coming up shortly. I mean, as I get done with this, shortly up on Landry Football, as well as all the coaching search stuff, recruiting. Right around the corner, right after the Super Bowl. Got 13 members of the top 300 players in the country of this class still unsigned. Going to have more details on that. And then got more draft notes. Getting ready to get my initial draft boards up there. So a lot of stuff going on. So check it out. You guys have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. And we will talk to you again on Tuesday. For Chris, I'm Neil. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.